This is an espresso shot episode, that quick break Italians take at around two in the afternoon to recalibrate, get the lay of the land, take a breath, and then get back to work. An espresso shot episode is when I feel a need to get something out there immediately because it's on my mind and relates to current events. So here's what I've got. Were you watching? Did you see it? The long pause, accompanied by a sigh. (sighs) The type of sigh an exhausted mother might exhale in the face of a tantrum by a toddler to summon her best self in a depleted moment at the end of a long and trying day of tedious and unsexy parenting. It was the several seconds long pause and sigh issued forth by Supreme Court Justice nominee Judge Katanji Brown Jackson on the second day of her Senate confirmation hearings when Senator Ted Cruz, referring to a children's book that aims to teach young people about racism, asked Jackson whether she believes babies are racist. We don't know exactly what Judge Jackson was thinking in that moment. Many on Twitter and various news feeds have opined about the centuries of social injustice borne by women, black people, black women, the indignities they have endured in the professional environment, the blatant and insidious prejudices and ignorances that persist still today that must have gone through her mind. To me, that sigh represented a slow-motion deafening scream as I watched her summon all her dignity and the strength of the muted masses that came before her, a class act, fortitude through restraint to achieve the long-range goal. Not easy. This is a very special temperament. Although we don't know what was going through her mind in those few seconds, I imagine she quickly weighed the value of her inner voice, her conscience that said to speak up, stand up to the bully, publicly denounce the crass demagogue, or to quiet that voice, as much as one would not shriek at a tantruming child and decide to become the next Supreme Court justice, the first black woman to do so. And what does this have to do with you and what this podcast promises to deliver? Tips on harnessing the superpower of everyday negotiation. How many times have you battled that inner voice? How many historical figures have we studied who took that risk or who declined to do so because the social opprobrium was too great, the harm too damaging to their status, their families, their safety? Social justice journalist and sociologist A.L. Press wrote a very important book on this very topic called Beautiful Souls. It's about ordinary people who defy authority and the status quo because that inner voice, that conscience will not be quieted. What Dr. Press's book reveals is that these resistors, these bold dissidents who challenge convention, are not the radicals who garner purient responses from the public. They are everyday people, so fierce in their convictions that they cling to their principles even when faced with an authoritative, even punishing, moral dilemma. For example, a police captain on the Swiss border with Austria in 1938, who refuses to enforce a law barring Jewish refugees from entering his country. 
In the Balkans, half a century later, a Serb from the war-blasted city of Vukovar negates his orders to save the lives of Croats. At the apex of the Second Intifada, a member of Israel's most elite military unit refuses a command to serve in the occupied territories. Beautiful Souls culminates with the story of a financial industry whistleblower who loses her job after refusing to sell a toxic product she rightly suspects is being misleadingly advertised. And then I think about the Me Too movement in the United States. The way in which it unfolded was not perfect, possibly focusing too much on the toppling of big names rather than pushing for systemic change. But it was undeniably powerful because of numbers, sheer numbers of women who stepped up and named names. Individually, they could be called crazy, but not so much as a group. Unlike Judge Jackson's several seconds, many of those women weighed the risks in their mind for years, wrestling with the fallout from saying something versus remaining silent, and suffering, trying to recover, wondering if they maybe were crazy, trying to get on with life and put the experience behind them. Many found vindication, relief in this movement. And then there was Sissy Wallen, the Swedish journalist who did the same in a country that is touted as the feminist capital of the world. She waited a full 11 years before outing the name of the high-profile male journalist who she claimed drugged and raped her. And when she did, Despite the thousands of Me Too stories tweeted to her, despite at least a dozen other women who came forth with similar narratives about that same man, she was sued and convicted for defamation, for speaking up. It was 2017 when she tweeted the name publicly, and she continues to battle her legal case today in Sweden. Whether it's a matter of seconds or a matter of years, I'm guessing you listeners can remember experiences in your life when you have had that inner negotiation with yourself to speak up or to remain quiet. If I do it, how do I do so? When? To whom? What will be the consequences? I could lose my job, friendships. My children could become pariahs and emotionally scarred. I could expose myself to liability, legal fees, years of additional turmoil, and for what? Will my voice make a difference? Will it help make progress? Will it matter? I offer you no magic formula, whether it's helping Jews flee Germany, healing the wound from sexual harassment or assault, or pursing one's lips in the face of petulant and biased questioning in a public forum for a high public office. How is that balance achieved in the clumsy battle between social progress, morality, individual interest, reticence, and bravery? These inner negotiations can take seconds, or can take a lifetime, or even more. I don't expect them to end anytime soon. My everyday negotiation advice is to consult wise people you trust. Journal your options, weigh the benefits versus potential risks, consider how you might manage the fallout and what allies and or advocates you can marshal to back you up. Sometimes you do need to stick your neck out for something greater than you, and in my opinion, that effort does matter. I've done it. It does make a difference. I have to believe so. Why? I say it in every episode. We are all connected. 
we don't all get a national stage. What we do get is our own little corner of the world, and that is where we make a difference, where we make our mark. And all of those incremental actions and differences add up. Thanks for listening, or even partially listening while you multitask. You never know what might stick with you. Keep your ear out for this space because we sure do appreciate your company. I'm Lucia Cantor St. Amour of Pactum Factum, which is Latin for a done deal. You can find me here on Substack and on pactumfactum.com.